0: So my many some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. I enjoy the
1: conversion, too. Good morning. It is eight minutes after nine o'clock. Glad to have you with us. The president's State of the Union address. Uh, probably one of the more raucous ones that I've, uh, I've seen, and I've been watching them for a long, long time. Nathan Wooster is with us. Uh, if you look at his spelling, you think he's the family of Worcestershire sauce, but he's not. It's actually uh, pronounced Wooster. From the Epic Times, Nathan, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm great. Uh, yeah, no connections to the lean and parents, fortunately. i thought about bring uh, <laughs> that line out at parties, seeing what they would make of that. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, it, it seems as though a new standard was set Um as you'll recall, when Nancy Pelosi ripped up Trump's speech, McCarthy didn't respond to that extent, but this um, this back and forth, it seems to be the norm now. Um, we were told that things would chill out once Trump left office. I think this State of the Union address is the latest reminder that that has not happened.
1: Yeah, clearly this has not happened. So he he's talking about, and this is the interesting thing, he, he says, well, the Republicans want to... Uh, you know, get rid of uh, Social Security and Medicare. The truth is, you cannot balance the budget. You can't suck up enough money from taxpayers to continue to pay Social Security at its current with the promises made. Nor can you continue to pay Medicare unless you increase the national debt, which is already at thirty one and a half trillion dollars. So, kind of a pox on both of their houses. But the fact is, uh, he's talking about uh, the rich Republican, you know, the tax cuts are so horrible. The top 1%, the latest data that I have, top 1% of income earners pay 38.77% of all the income tax paid uh, to the federal government. And in fact, the top 50% pay 97, it's 96.94%. So the wealthy are being taxed considerably uh, higher than they, I think, ought to be.
2: Yeah, it it seems interesting to me that, as Charlie Kirk pointed out on Twitter, Biden very effectively used some of the rhetoric um, that, that President Trump previously used when it came to the middle class, when it came to some of those issues that are seen as core to his coalition, and yet, when you actually do look at you know, not just how the one percent is affected. I feel like it's kind of um, easy to fall into these debates over terms that are already very politicized. For example, uh, when Schumer was talking about the debt ceiling limit dispute, he referred to a clean uh, debt ceiling raise, which is one that doesn't actually attempt to offset uh, the debt ceiling change through any uh, cuts, through any uh, other other moves like that. I, so, what I'd say is that. If you look at the overall burden on the middle class by this government spending supposedly the group that both republicans and now democrats are, are strongly saying they advocate for well yes it's considerable now if you look at the full picture not just income taxes but the overall tax burden um i don't have any figures offhand, but i do think that for the u.s it's on par with a place like uh perhaps denmark or some of those other Western European countries that are often touted as far more progressive on taxation. All this is to say, yes, it seems like, a, um, it seems like there's a lot of uh, uh, half-truths being uh, put out honestly by, uh, by both sides, but uh, in particular when it comes to who's bearing the brunt of these uh, policy changes. And really, to a large extent, it is uh, people who are, are already paying a lot, and it's also people who are supposedly always said to be the ones um, in, in need of uh, some benefit, the middle class.
1: Yeah, I'm going to play this uh, this next cut about the national debt.
0: My administration has cut the deficit by more than $1.7 trillion. The largest deficit reduction in American history. <clears throat> Under the previous administration, the American deficit went up four years in a row because those record deficits, no president, added more to the national debt in 94 years than my predecessor. Nearly 25% of the entire national debt that took over 200 years to accumulate was added by just one administration alone, the last one. They're the facts, check it out. Check it out. The Republicans didn't do much under the uh,
1: uh, Trump administration to cut taxes. Over at the Hill, they said that Biden touted a $1.7 trillion reduction But the drop in the deficit over the time largely reflects the fact that Congress didn't pass another multi-trillion dollar stimulus bill in 2022, uh, as it did the previous two years under both Biden and Donald Trump.
2: Yeah, no, It seems like this attempts to uh, massage whatever figures are coming out without paying attention to the radical impact of the uh, well, in large part, the COVID response um, on spending and on the economy. It, It allows people to arrive at these uh, this is a very politically convenient picture, no matter uh, which way you stand. One thing I'm going to point out um, is that uh, Jonathan Turley had a very fair-minded breakdown on this, on some of the questionable claims. For example, the job numbers claim that um, Biden advanced about the, the number of jobs that were added. That is uh, one you can dispute factually, but also it omits the overall context of this very low labor force participation rate. It hasn't fully recovered since the COVID response, since that dramatic uh, blow to the economy to, uh, I would generally say, Americans' ability to uh, move freely, to uh, freely associate. But in the bigger picture, there's been this radical decline since 2000, pretty much regardless of who was president. It's stabilized a bit since 2015. But when we talk about these bigger issues, um, you know, leaving aside the partisanship, there are these huge structural problems um, that I, I frankly think uh, both parties find it very easy to ignore when they have an opportunity through something like the State of the Union to uh, volley these uh, rhetorical moves and these theatrical gestures back and forth.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, we're whistling past the graveyard if we don't pay attention uh, to what's going on in terms of the national debt. What, what other takeaway did you have, uh, Nathan, uh, after listening to the president?
2: Yeah. You know, aside from the uh, debt and deficit issues, I was struck by the uh, generally favorable response that it received, I think, from his base. I was struck by uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders rebuttal. Uh, That's one that a lot of Republicans on the Hill have been praising. I think she she did a very good job of, um, you know, to the extent that anybody can standing somewhat above the, uh, the, fr- the fray. She uh, had a very, you know, moving description of visiting uh, soldiers in Iraq uh, with the former president. And she described, but she didn't describe in detail, uh, an educational plan that she says she's going to be advancing as the new governor of Arkansas. I think that voters in the media should press her to provide more details. Voters in particular in Arkansas should make sure that, you know, this actually uh, is what is promised, but um, that that certainly stood out to me.
1: Yeah, uh, I will. Uh, I, I, I saw some polling data that they did on the speech, and uh, apparently, a lot of independents did not like the outbursts. Um, they thought that it was disrespectful, I guess. But you know, I, well, I can remember when when uh, a congressman uh, screamed "liar" when Obama was giving a State of the Union speech and boy, everybody was jumping on board, screaming at this guy and threatening his position, and um, it is, it seems like, now the norm. Absolutely, yeah. And what I would say
2: is that one interesting factor here, at least to me, is the way in which um, there is a basic framing that can allow this norm to, uh, to continue, um, but, you know, for example, in the media's treatment of the speech, you didn't see the sorts of live fact checks that you saw um, under the previous president. So that that I think creates this perception among Republicans that they need to respond in real time, even if it um, ends up serving as uh, red meat, uh, even if it ends up uh, violating those standards of decorum. So, you know, it's very hard to de-escalate from a situation like this. I'm not sure exactly how you do it. I don't think that this speech was a, a very positive gesture in, in that direction but frankly i'm not sure any speech that biden could have given would have been a positive uh gesture in that direction
1: um did you um what did you think about him not mentioning the spy balloon do you think that belonged in the state of the union address should it have been addressed
2: you know it, it is uh striking what he said that i would like to find the exact words but that uh China violating U.S. sovereignty will elicit a response. So that seemed to be the closest that he would come to addressing the spy balloon, um, advancing the notion that the United States' decision to uh, apparently wait and then shoot it down off the coast of South Carolina, this was the uh, you know, response that was appropriate. This was the way to uh, send a message to try to salvage our national pride. I, I think of that against the backdrop of what was apparently either uh, just absolute uh, ongoing disinformation campaign by defense officials about similar incidents under the previous presidency or the ability of our military uh, command and control structure to operate independently of its uh, nominal civilian leadership if they don't happen to like the leadership. So uh, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, when I think about incidents like the Chinese balloon and the, you know, the claims about um, when these incidents may have occurred before, the state of the union in terms of the state of the various unaccountable agencies and, um, you know, various uh, middlemen within the system who have no democratic accountability with their allies, that state, that's a pretty strong state. I think it's actually... Uh, stronger than it's been in a number of years. Um, Whether or not that's good for America as a whole, whether or not that's good for the middle class, I think
1: that's a separate question. Uh, He also had a rather strange um, outburst about uh, Xi Jinping, uh, chairman in China, uh, that I don't... It was that, name me one person who would change places with him. Did you understand what he was saying?
2: No, no, that's I mean it it is odd hearing some of the what I take it in many cases to be is the issues that that came to the fore six years ago many of those have been effectively incorporated at least into the rhetoric um, from Democrats in a way that you have not seen before but then it's being framed in this more um, in this more economically populist way so that issues like the debt ceiling issues like the debt and the deficit these can just be uh, reframed as somehow irrelevant, uh, which seems to me to be, as you said, kind of uh, short-sighted if you look at just how quickly, in a matter of, I think, 15 years, um, you know, insolvency and similar issues as a result of some of these uh, entitlement programs are gonna pile up. That's not to say that, um, you know, there's there's any one particular solution that needs to be uh, realized, but it seems as though it's, it's uh, still very convenient to just sidestep the issue and uh, make those kind of uh, um, partisan attacks on the basis of uh, kind of uh, um, economic populist vision.
1: If you just turn the radio on, Matthew Wooster is with us uh, from the Epic Times. If you missed uh, the outburst, which apparently was extemporaneous, I don't think it was
0: uh, on script, uh, here's. Name me a world leader! Who changed places with
1: Xi Jinping. Name me one. Name me one. <laughs> it's, it's a complete mystery to me. Anyway, uh, Nathan, thank you very much for coming on board. Uh, the Epic Times, I'm telling you, folks, it is a daily read you've got to get. They got updates all day long that they send. Uh, not overwhelmingly, maybe two or three times, but there's always something fascinating in it. Uh, you guys do such great work. Thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Coming up, uh, we will chat with the uh, Secretary of State here in Missouri. Uh, He will be on board in about uh, 35 minutes after the hour. Uh, We'll continue to talk about uh, the State of the Union address. If you didn't listen to it, (laughs) you're lucky. Uh yeah that's right uh, it is the Gary Nolan show on the Zimmer Radio Network <laughs> the State of the Union oh my God is it a wreck it is uh, nine twenty five glad to have you with us uh, Secretary Ashcroft is going to be with us uh, about ten minutes from now at nine thirty five uh, in the meantime uh, if you didn't hear the president's State of the Union you are fortunate not having had to sit through it here's another gem dealing with oil and listen to the Republicans in the background I mean they're they're literally Laughing at him, he's so stupid. The production,
0: and when I talk to a couple of them, they say well, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. So why should we invest in them? I said we're going to need oil for at least another decade, and that's going to exceed <laughs> and beyond that, we're going to need it. Production. If they had in fact invested in the production to keep the gas prices down, instead. They use the record profits to buy back their own stock, rewarding the CEOs and shareholders. Corporations ought to do the right thing. Rewarding the shareholders is a
1: good thing because people have invested in those companies. They bought stock. It's part of their retirement. It's grandma's retirement program dependent on those companies being profitable. But he makes it sound like, uh, you know, as uh, typically on the left, big oil. And then so, well, they explained to him. He just said it. They explained to him. I'll play this part of it, this little bit of it, one more time for you. The production.
0: And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. so So why bother to invest? Of course, it makes
1: perfect business sense. If you're going to phase out my business, I'm not going to invest in it. But he thinks they should recklessly invest when he's, at the same time, trying to shut them down. I mean, he just ignores reality. I don't know what they... I don't even know what to tell you. Let me go to the phones, 800-529-5572, or if you're local, 874-9390. You can also get me at uh, com. Send me a message. It'll pop up here in the studio.
3: Bill, good morning. How are you? I'm trying to recover from watching that last night, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, you know, I, I'm surprised none of the pundits have come out and called him orange man dot because I don't know, maybe it was just my TV, but he looked He looked very trump last night, but his color, uh, <laughs> I think that the, the faded gray that he usually looked like was covered up with a lot of makeup last night. Hey, listen. Uh, I disagree with Nathan, your your guy you had on a minute ago. I think it wasn't uncomfortable or inappropriate. I think it was needed for Republicans to, especially when he started, you know, with his comment about Republicans, certain Republicans. He's so backtracked so many times. He looked so uncomfortable up there yesterday, uh, standing in front of people that he knew he was telling lies. He was going to get called on it. But when he he said that some. I'm not going to mention names. Blah blah. blah what he said that uh, we're wanting to cut Medicare and Social Security, and then that's when he and Marjorie Taylor Greene they immediately panned to her, and that's when she started calling him a liar. And but he used that as his pulpit to demonize Republicans last night. And I'm glad to see some of them push back. But did you notice how many times that they panned on Joe Manchin last night? Yeah, Manchin thought, is I, Manchin he, is the most powerful Democrat. In Congress right now.
1: Well, uh, he, he really—he he is. If Kirsten Cinema uh, works with him.
3: Yeah, she's too wishy-washy. But I loved uh, Joe Manchin's comments. I don't know where it was uh, taken at, but you know, he's talking about how they've invested in, in fuel. He said, "Leave my stove alone. Just be happy with what you've got and advances that we made. We're we're getting gas out of landfills. Leave my stove alone. I love that." Yeah, it's, but Joe Manchin is great but yeah but Trump uh, Biden last night looked so out of his element and so uncomfortable and that was my take on the whole evening obviously he was telling lots of lies but I applaud the Republicans that called him out on it publicly last night
1: all right we'll talk about that even uh, uh, even more a little later on bill thank you for the call Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft Uh, With that and some topics closer to home on The Gary Nolan Show in about five minutes. This is The Gary Nolan Show. From Missouri Right to Life, Sarah Walsh is going to be on board along with uh, Susan Klein, the executive director uh, at Missouri Right to Life. Attorney General uh, Bailey directed a letter to CVS and Walgreens over distribution of abortion pills. Uh, I, I, I really, as a libertarian, have a hard time deciding... Uh, which way to go on this, but since I'm pro-life, uh, I'm hoping there is a solution uh, that uh, that fits my thinking. I, I just think you just can't kill babies in utero and walk away. Uh, anyway, uh, we're talking about the State of the Union address, among other things, and uh, joining us now is Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. Mr. Secretary, welcome. How are you?
4: Good morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back.
1: Always always have fun having you on the program, because you're going to make a big announcement on the show today, right?
4: Yeah, let me just tell you right now, first person to tell you over the phone, the State of the Union is terrible.
1: (laughs) Damn, he did it again. I told you. Yeah, yeah. It it certainly (laughs) was horrible. Oh, man. Uh, we got a lot of ground to cover if we're going to talk about that, but we're also going to talk about foreign land ownership. Uh, here uh, in uh, Missouri and okay. in uh, the uh, Parents' Bill of Rights, Truth and sentence. we got a ton of stuff, so we're going to have to move with alacrity. Um, Great. Uh, so uh, let, me, uh, let me start off with the economy, jobs, and excessive spending.
4: Well, I mean, the only people that have extra money are the government. Uh, we had the largest tax increase in the history of the state a couple of years ago when they had $2 billion in the bank, and now we have, I think, $5 billion sitting in the bank, according to the people that work for the state. It's ridiculous. It's not the government's money, it's the people's money. We should be giving it back to the people instead of expanding government, which will then, of course, need more taxpayer dollars to continue with the expansion of what they already expanded previously.
1: Yeah, they start something because they've got the money to start it, but they don't take into consideration that to keep it going, they'll need more money down the road. And uh, they won't do it well. <laughs> no, 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 they absolutely won't do it well. Uh, so you, the just overall, the State of the Union uh, was... Uh, I, you know, if I had to make the State of the Union address, Mr. Secretary, I would be saying we're in trouble. We're $31.5 trillion in debt. Nobody is doing anything to fix what really needs to be fixed, and if we don't fix it, we're going broke.
4: The, the, what used to be the, the world's lone superpower was quaking and shaking its knees at the prospect of whether or not they could shoot over an enemy balloon that crossed the United States uh, surveying military sites, and yet we have generals that said, well, I don't know if we could do that. Um, what has happened to our country?
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not the biggest Trump fan in the world, though he did some things I liked. I am sure that the moment someone would have told him <laughs> that this is coming over, the- he would have shot it down.
4: Uh, I, Look, I- we need a president that stands for America, that stands for Americans, that's more concerned with the lives of Americans than what dictators in other countries believe. And, you know, the... Z. Winnie the Pooh, if you will, over in China, is essentially a dictator. They are against us. They want to cause us harm. They want to cause harm to the world because they care about themselves over everyone else. And America at least ought to stand up. We ought to have a president that will stand up for what's best for Americans.
1: Um, Mr. Secretary, did the administration uh, call the state of Missouri, uh, call the governor, call you, call anybody... Uh, And talk about this uh, balloon as it was floating over Missouri. Did they give you a warning or?
4: (laughs) That would have required them to actually make a decision and act on it. And we have a a federal government that cannot make a rational, reasonable decision. And the fact that we would expect them to when they can't even define what a woman is, is is maybe showing some problems right there also.
1: Speaking of what a woman is, uh, tell me about Riley Gaines.
4: I am, uh, you know, I just, I, am so thankful for her willingness to stand up and and speak the truth, uh, to stand up and say, no, I'm a female swimmer. I saw what happens to female sports when men that mistakenly believe their women are allowed to compete. I mean, I don't think most people realize this when when she tied with that supposed woman, Mr. Thomas, in the 200 freestyle. They gave Mr. Thomas a trophy... And they mailed hers to her because they weren't going to give her the same trophy presentation. This isn't about allowing everyone to compete. This is an attack on females in sports and allowing females to compete on a, on a level playing field or a level swimming pool. It's ridiculous what's being done. And I'm so thankful that she is willing to stand up because I know she is getting attacked over and over again for speaking the simple truth of what happened to her.
1: Uh, I agree. I absolutely agree. Uh, let's talk about foreign land ownership in the state of Missouri. What's going on?
4: Well, we're trying to make sure that uh, Missouri is controlled by Missourians. We're trying to cut the amount of foreign land that can be owned in Missouri, specifically with agricultural land. And we're also trying to forbid certain countries from owning, uh, from buying any more property in Missouri. And that would include China and Russia and Venezuela and countries that are, frankly, antagonistic toward the united states that are antagonistic toward our way of life should not be buying property in the state of missouri i've been working hard for several months to make sure that won't happen that they won't be able to do it and we are continuing to push those bills hopefully we'll get them across the finish line and the governor will be willing to sign them
1: i'm i'm not uh, a fan of them buying land i'm just not sure how constitutionally we can tell uh, any group of people you can't own land i'm not i'm not sure how that works but I hope you find a way. Um, Well, we're talking about uh, land and security. How about Mayorkas? Uh,
4: Do you think... I thought we were talking about security. (laughs) Huh? <laughs> Mayorkas knows nothing about security. He knows nothing about protecting land. He knows nothing about protecting our country. I think the latest statistics are that in the last two months, a half a million individuals have invaded the United States through our southern border. Some of the statistics I've seen on the number of individuals on the terror watch list that they've apprehended, that's not everyone that came across. That's just the ones they've apprehended. It is an unmitigated disaster, and the fact that he continues to lie and say that the border is under control when it is clearly not, is reprehensible.
1: I I got a message uh, to ask you about. Uh, this comes, uh, who is this, Leanne, I think? Um, important legislation coming up for vote in the Missouri Senate, likely on Thursday, SB100, Senate Bill 100, would make gold and silver legal tender in Missouri. Have you heard anything about this?
4: I have heard things about that. I'm, I'm afraid, I must admit, I'm not an expert on that. Um, but uh, there are those that believe that it would help uh, fight against inflation. And clearly we do have a problem when the Federal Reserve is, is supposedly both fighting inflation and unemployment. You can't do both of them at the same time. And it's been an unmitigated disaster having them try to do that. And we need to return to fighting inflation because uh, inflation is a hidden tax on everyone. And we need to fight it.
1: All right, and then uh, finally, this Sunday, the big game.
4: It's a big game. The Chiefs are going to romp. They're going to bring home the Super Bowl trophy to, to Kansas City, Missouri. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to eat too much. <laughs>
1: uh, I'm wondering if I should play the devil's advocate uh, and just uh, bet against you just to, just to make it fun for next time you're on the show.
4: Um uh, either way, I'm eating too much.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to let it go at that. Uh, Mr. Secretary, thank you for being with us. Always, always a pleasure. Thanks for having
4: me. Have a great day.
1: All right. Jay Ashcroft, Secretary of State, State of Missouri. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Uh, a little more of uh, Joe Biden.
0: Most of us in here have never had to have the talk I thought he was going to talk about the f- sex, didn't you, Brian? I did,
1: yes. You're going to have the talk with the kids, <laughs> you know? The birds and the bees kind of <laughs> talk, yeah. <laughs> but no, no, the nay-nay, that's not where he was going.
0: The talk that brown and black parents have had to have with their children. Bo, Hunter, Ashley, my children, I never had to have the talk with them. My parents, my father, talked to me
1: about it. He, he, uh, Uh, Why would that... Why would he think that that's exclusive to people of color? I
0: don't know. I never had to tell them if a police officer pulls you over, turn your interior lights on right away. Don't reach for your license. Keep your hands on the steering wheel.
1: I do this on the gun show all the time. (laughs) What? Apparently, he's of the impression that only people of color have to tell their children this and if that's true and they're telling their children this then why are so many of them not doing this
0: imagine having to worry like that every single time your kid got in a car
1: I don't know my father told me this is what you do Uh, you make sure your hands are in clear sight best to keep them on the steering wheel Uh, If it's dark, uh, bring down the windows, turn on the lights. Uh, It wasn't, you know, uh, now I may be slightly uh, darker complected than Brian, but I I wouldn't say I'm a person of color. But he seems to think, and and, and I hear this meme all the time from uh, liberal minority uh, people. Like it's some exclusive warning that only children of color get. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care what sex you are. I don't care what sex you think you are. When the police pull you over, keep the lights on if it's dark. Keep your hands on the wheel. Make sure they can see because they don't know you from the bad guy. it's, It's ridiculous. Don't scream and yell. Don't call them names. Don't try to attack them. I mean, how stupid do you have to get? Those are things that get you killed. Uh, This guy just, he just makes me crazy. All right, I'm up against the clock. I have to take a quick break, but I'm going to come right back uh, and talk with Sarah Walsh on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 9.52. Glad to have you with us. Uh, coming up uh, about 5 after 10, uh, we will talk with my favorite economist about some of the uh, things uh, that, that uh, President Biden and the State of the Union projected. Uh, and uh, before we do that, I'm uh, going to talk about the abortion pill. Uh, Attorney General Bailey uh, sent a letter to CVS and Walgreens about distribution of abortion pills in the state of Missouri. Now, I am unabashedly and unashamedly pro-life. I think the value of life uh, is just as valuable uh, in utero as it is uh, after birth. So, the problem that I have as a libertarian is I don't like prohibition. I don't like the prohibition of alcohol. I don't like the prohibition of drugs. And and my concern is, and I'm hoping that our next two guests uh, can uh, talk me through this, is that If it turns into a black market, uh, might that be more dangerous? So with that in mind, uh, let me tell you that Susan Klein is with us, Executive Director, and Sarah Walsh, Director of Education uh, and Development uh, with Missouri Right to Life. Ladies, welcome to the program. How are you?
5: Thank you, Gary. We're glad to be here. This is Susan and Sarah. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Um, I've been weighing this out because you, 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 you both know that I'm pro-life. You both know that I'm a libertarian. I don't like prohibition. Um, is there a danger that if the, uh, the abortion pill uh, isn't available in Missouri, that someone will start black marketing poison to women who are trying to get an abortion?
6: Well, Gary, um, I mean, you know, that's, there's always um, things that are illegal out there on the market that people have the ability to get, you know, to get a hold of if, if they want to. And um, there is a concern, of course, um, with, with drugs from other countries and uh, people ordering things online. And um, that's where Susan can speak to, you know, legislation and, and some efforts um, to kind of watch it from that. Angle, however, um, these this, this abortion pill is it's, it's uh, some would call it safe. It is it is not safe. Um, Mifepristone, which is the abortion pill, RU four eighty six. There have been more than two dozen deaths and thousands of injuries among American uh, Mifepristone patients. And, and then there's also trauma um, to the women um, that do take these pills because uh, women will see their aborted children's bodies and bleeding can lead to life-threatening hemorrhage and, and many other complications as well. And so um, the, the danger for receiving these through the mail um, for these ladies uh, to, 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 to get these is that, you know, they're not in a hospital. They're not um, in, in a facility where they can uh, there can be safety for the mother. And of course, uh, we all know that that this is dangerous and, you know, to the baby. So I'm gonna uh, pivot over to uh, Susan Klein who can speak from a legislative perspective. Hey
5: Susan. Uh, Hi Gary, Um, you know, we deal with laws all the time that kind of put boundaries on uh, where we're gonna go and protecting uh, the citizens of the state of Missouri. So um we can't not protect them just because we have the fear that they're going to be sold on the black market. So when you look at the dangers that come with these drugs, uh, I think it's very important that our uh, pro life leaders, uh, you know in Missouri is a very pro life state. Uh, you can see that from the supermajorities in the House and the Senate. Uh, you can see that, too, that uh, the Republicans have uh, this, all statewide seats in the state of Missouri. And that's because Missourians have turned out and said, hey, we want you to protect these unborn babies and these moms who are being deceived by the abortion industry. So we're really happy that our uh, new Attorney General Bailey uh, actually led the fight and led the, the, the getting the information out there that uh, these abortion drugs, drugs are dangerous. And, uh, and our leaders in Missouri are gonna stand up and protect the unborn baby as well as the mom. Um, so, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that, you know, every one of our pro-life laws that we have on the books has a life of the mother exception, which is basically if there's an emergency, like an ectopic pregnancy, that mom can have uh, the procedure done to, to take care of getting rid of that baby that actually is probably more than likely in the ectopic tube. Uh, and uh you know and so so there are protections in our laws to allow women to get the necessary medical treatment that they need if it's an emergency life of the mother uh situation. So so we do like that attorney general has uh, stepped up to the plate and led uh the way in these uh twenty other state attorney generals getting involved in standing up for women uh also.
1: I think in the last election Republicans made a mistake by not staying this is what we believe. We, you know, life of the mother, uh, maybe rape and incest. Every state might be a little bit different, uh, but instead they ran away um, f- from their positions, and I, I think that was a big mistake. Uh, I think they I should think- have been painting the pro-abortion people as the extremists because they are. They'll, they'll, they don't care when uh, at what point in gestation uh, an infant is. They're in favor of killing it.
6: Well, and we must boldly stand for life. And so, um, one other thing that's very important for your listeners to know is that um, there is uh, there's a, an, an abortion pill reversal hotline. So for ladies that, um, and again, it's not legal in the state of Missouri to obtain these abortion pills, but it is way too easy to obtain them through the mail, and so um, so there, or or to you know leave the state and you know that type of thing. And so um, the the danger of the pill. But then for women who change their mind in that first twenty four to forty hours after taking the first abortion pill in a, in a two pill regimen um, they can call one eight seven seven five five eight zero three 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 and then what this is is the, the abortion pill reversal hotline it floods the mother's system with progesterone which is what the um, baby needs to survive and hopefully counter uh, counter uh, affects the impact of that first abortion um, pill mifepristone, so that way um, it, it, it helps the, the baby survive and so um, while it is isn't 100% um, for sure, um, because that's a very powerful drug, the abortion pill, um, the abortion pill reversal uh, natural uh, progesterone, that that can uh, have a chance to save that baby. And more than 4,000 babies have been saved through that method. And it's a very similar method to what is prescribed to um, to women who uh, to try to uh, avoid a miscarriage whose bodies are not producing enough progesterone on their own.